Welcome to the Loving Lake Geneva podcast. I'm your host, Karen Stray Rappaport. Each episode, I take an outside-the-wake look at the area's most interesting people, places, and happenings. It's another beautiful, sunny day here in Lake Geneva, and the lake looks stunning, so let's jump right in. Joining us today is Captain Joe from Happy Captain, a company who can help you stay safe on the water. Welcome, Captain Joe. Good morning, Karen. How are you? Great. Thank you for being here. And, you know, it's a perfect boating day today. I love to be out on the water as much as I can. I know you do too. And I think all you have to do is spend, you know, a busy summer Saturday or Sunday here on Lake Geneva to understand your value. Um, (laughs) You are kind of like a driver's ed and then some for boats. And when I see what's happening on the lake and, you know, people just getting on a boat that really don't know um, boat safety or how to dock or how to drive or what happens, you know, when three boats are coming to the same space, who has the right of way, it's really scary and can be, uh, you know, really life-threatening if people don't know what they're doing. So you are here to help. And can you explain what services you offer? <laughs> sure. Uh, as you mentioned, I mean, there's, there's just a, you know, unprecedented increase in in boat owners and, and boat lovers and traffic. And when we say boats, I mean, it, it's from stand-up paddle boards and kayaks all the way to the wave runners, right? And everybody in between. Um, and it, I think COVID certainly had a lot to do with it and bringing it on. But in any case, the waters are way more congested. And uh, with that said, this is my personal feeling. I think it's a matter of statistics. You know, when we had a lot of lake and a few boaters, we got away with a whole lot of bad driving uh and now we're on busier lakes and busier waterways and it's as you mentioned super apparent uh even from sitting on a pier that uh it's getting a little sketchy out there um so i don't know if that answers your question but but there was a need for uh on the water instruction so the good news is the government in most states mandated that folks go and get their voters card i think if you're born after maybe 1989 that's great to teach the right of way and the rules of the road. Um, as you mentioned, three boats converging at the same point, it seems like a lot of people didn't actually get their boaters cards. But in any case, uh, that education doesn't really go to where it you know, teaches you how to actually drive your boat. That's yeah, and I think I, I, I mean, I learned from my father when I was like 12, you know, over the years, I keep learning more and more and, and different rules that I will read and learn and think, oh gosh, I never knew that existed. So I start to get frustrated with people out there, but then I'm thinking they just don't know, you know, they don't know where to go to learn this. They really don't know where to go. And, um, and didn't have many choices. And, and, you know, the proof is, is when they go by, they're still smiling at you, even though they're, you know, coming across your bow from the left side and you clearly have the right way, they're smiling and waving. So they don't know. <laughs> and, and we all, we did, or we learned from our uncles or our grandpas and they learned, who knows how they learned. There was certainly no YouTube. We have uh, mostly three hour modules where uh, it starts as early as folks bringing it, uh, you know, towing the boat home and having no idea how to trailer and how to back down boat ramps. And so we'll meet in a parking lot with cones and we'll um, go through all kinds of drills just in backing trailers. Also, all the while kind of explaining the culture at a boat ramp, which is 
really a really tough place for a brand new novice boater to survive uh, because at the boat ramp, everybody's in a hurry and they, you better know what you're doing and get in and get out. And so that's tricky. And then we progress through uh, the next one's called Introduction to Boating. And really, um, I might change up that name uh, because folks go, well, I know how to boat. I don't know how to dock. And so people think maybe that one's beneath them. And that is really the module that, you know, no matter what we call it, that's the module we're teaching about 90% of the time because it's these logical building blocks that uh, allow you to have the tools you need to absolutely control your boat, you know, in such a manner that, that you can be a pro at docking, you know, in the wind and the weather and the current. So um, that's our most popular one. And then we go up to kind of high speed open water drills and, and such. And, and then lastly, uh, as these boaters become more and more confident in their boating, they're starting to put people in the water. And it's a whole different game when you're putting a body in the water. And so our, our module, I think it's called like uh, water sports operations. It's not about, uh, you know, increasing the air you get, you know, on your wakeboard or teaching you to surf. It's about making sure the driver knows the conditions and what to do and how to get back to the participant and how to pill them up. I'll tell you, a lot of times I sit on the pier and I see that the dad bought a very expensive, shiny new boat and the kid is just struggling and struggling and struggling. And I'm sure the dad's getting more and more frustrated. And the bottom line is, I would say about 80% of the participant's success lies in the hands of that boat driver. And so I just feel bad for the kid that's drinking half of Lake Geneva, you know, trying to succeed because the dad is the problem. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Being the driver of a boat, you have all these people on your boat. I have guests on my boat all the time. It's a huge responsibility. I mean, you are taking all these lives in your hand and you better know what you're doing and be responsible. And so I would imagine even people who have been boating for a while could learn something from you that they didn't know before. I mean, even like you said, the, the water sports, I mean, I watch people and how they tow somebody on an inner tube and how they come back to get them and circle back around or sometimes takes them a while to even know that they've fallen off because they don't have a spotter that's actually paying attention. So I imagine do you get students who maybe aren't brand new to boating? Absolutely. I mean, of all levels. In fact, one of the funnest ones for me was actually an older gentleman with a very old wooden twin engine boat that he's had for years. But there's there's certainly technique and there's awareness and and again it's like our uncles and our fathers taught us and and the next generations hopefully Karen will be saying our mothers and our aunts taught us as well and we can get into that in a minute but um, there's something for everyone I mean absolutely you know I've got captains of 42 foot boats that learn something from this not that we're savants it's that we're following uh, a government recommended process that that teaches power boating and it breaks it down into absolute skills and you know i think just to touch on a little more we probably drilled it into the ground but but if you wanted to get on the tennis court or go play golf with your buddies uh you would probably take a few lessons uh, and yet when you're on the showroom floor looking at a boat you absolutely are convinced that you know you're not concerned about the driving you're concerned about 
whether the chaise lounge is big enough for you know three people. Um, boats do not drive like cars, but we make an automatic assumption that they do. In fact, boats don't turn to the left the same way they turn to the right, in forward or reverse. So when you do get your boat, even if you had it for years, nobody has stopped and gone really back to the basics and said, let's just turn the wheel hard over left and go in a circle. And then let's turn it hard over right and go in a circle. And that's, you'll notice that one is going to be five or 10 feet tighter than the other turn and such. Uh, how many turns does the wheel turn to, to begin with? If it's four turns without ever turning over my back to look backwards, I go two turns from either side. I know my wheel's straight. So now I can put it into gear forward and reverse with a great deal of confidence that I'm going to go in a straight line. So there's just tricks that can be picked up uh, with boaters of any age. And again, it's, it's because we've gone through a lot of uh, education in this area. Yeah. And I, like I said, I've been boating for decades and driving, but this was the first season that I had to back into a slip every time I put my boat away. So that was, I could have used you at the beginning of the season because it took me all season to perfect this, you know, almost by trial and error. And now I'm hearing, you know, there's, there's an absolute strategy to this. And so now I'm trying to teach other family members of mine how to do it. And it's not easy. So I imagine even family members trying to teach other family members when you're not <laughs> skilled in instructing, that makes a difference, right? I mean, you half the battle is probably how you teach the information. Yeah, it is. And, and when we've gained these credentials, it, that's what they're all about. They're not, they're teaching us how to teach, right, at a professional level. And, and that kind of was an eye opener for me where, wow, we're, you know, we're educators more than anything now. Um, but yeah, and, and you have a predominant wind, but that doesn't mean that last Friday, the wind wasn't completely out of a different direction. And so, you know, even I've, there's so many boaters go, you know, I can dock perfect 80% of the time. And then they can't explain to me or articulate why they're missing that 20%. And it's really the wind in our, you know, in the Midwest and the inland lakes, it's not current, it's wind and waves. And yeah, absolutely could have helped. And, and uh, you mentioned, you know, teaching your family members. Well, that's like teaching them how to drive the stick shift car, right? It's better left to somebody else. <laughs> right. If we want to keep a happy family. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I imagine docking is, is the toughest. I have watched people try to pull in a space and just whack the boat across from them and not say anything, you know, then they just drive off or something, but there's probably a, just like car dinking, you know, there's probably a lot of that that goes on. I mean, is, is that what you find the most challenging or the, the most amount of people come to you for is docking? Yeah, uh, I think without, well, the, the brand new boaters realize they need all of it, right? But anybody with any level of experience literally says, I know how to boat. I just want to know how to dock better. And um, ironically, it's kind of all the same thing, you know, <laughs> it's like, so, uh, you know, twice in your Saturday outing, you're going to be under a great deal of stress because you don't know how to dock, right? It's so uh, coming and going is, is going to uh, take away from your fun. So what we do is hop in the water with boats of any level, uh, boaters of any level, and we go out and try to get out of the wind and we do exactly what I've touched on earlier we we do radius turns to the left and to the right in forward and reverse 
and there'll be an aha moment even there. And then we show them and illustrate what pivot turns are. And the pivot turn, just for the sake of this conversation, is is intermittent use of power. It's just maybe three seconds in gear, followed by a whole lot of neutral. Uh, and neutral is a powerful weapon we don't talk about. But you're going to pivot the boat in a much, much tighter degree. So, so you know, you can – I've had people go, I'm, I'm terrified to go into that harbor, you know, with this boat, this huge boat. And I, I'll say, it's 22 feet long. It's not a huge boat, Right. And then, you know, three hours later, I take them in the harbor and then they, they get it. And uh, what you talked about specifically um, was either parallel parking in Chicago <laughs> or boating. And, and, you know, what's happening there is there's a lack of muscle memory. So we actually go through drills where we'll uh, have your eyes straight ahead and your hands on the wheel. And the first thing is moving your right hand back and forth to understand where the throttle is. And the second thing is understanding uh, the throttle intimately and and most boats after you go into gear you the acceleration is a different spot so in other words you might clunk into forward and have to push four inches down before you start to accelerate the motor where in reverse you clunk into reverse you might have acceleration within a half inch so that's where people come in and they're looking forward and concentrating forward and they panic and they hammer reverse and they get a whole lot of throttle in a, in a whole little amount of time. And uh, we spend three hours without going past gear. You know, we are literally just tapping into forward and reverse. And then it's waiting. It's a lot of neutral and a lot of waiting to see how the boat's going to respond. And then you can always correct that action. And so gone are the days where you have to go circle and come back and, and now 10 more people are watching you and you screw it up again and you circle and come back and they've elbowed all their buddies. So now there's 30 people watching you. You know, we, if you, we'll get, if we can get the nose of the boat, you know, three feet into that slip, now we're going to just do some adjustments and finish the job. Yeah. It's, a, you know, when you go in reverse people, I think the first time they do it, they think it's going to be like a car, but you reverse that boat and turn the wheel and it's not doing what you think it's going to do. So, I mean, there is so much skill to that. And so if people like just want to work on one thing, they can call you for that, or they can say, Hey, I'm a brand new boater. I just bought a boat. Give me everything you got. Like, do you kind of tailor it to, to what people need? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have to explain some modules on the internet for the sake of, you know, having some knowledge base out there. But but each each lesson is absolutely tailored. So you, you're going to see right away what the folks are good at or what they do or don't understand. And we can race through the knowledge that they have and get to the, the parts they need. Uh, and then then we uh, try to save a good 30 minutes or so to get back to their slip. You know, because now they've got the skills and now we try to go in and out. And even though they they first get in and they really love it and they take a deep breath and they sigh and they and then they go, OK, do it again. <laughs> and then their nerves go right back up through the roof. But, you know, we want to we want to just get them in and out of that slip, you know, three to five times at least, you know, on that first lesson. And and then the next lesson is really just docking, 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 you know, just just really using these skills that we've taught. And, you know, there's terms, minimum control speed and intermittent use of power. And 
those are the things we're doing with them too. And it's not luck, you know, it's having complete awareness of what the wind is doing that day and having complete muscle memory on that throttle and, and on how the boat likes to turn. Well, I'm sure there isn't anybody out there who wouldn't say, I would like to be less stressed when I'm docking my boat on a windy day. <laughs> so as far as the kind of just being out in the open water and what are you finding are some of the big mistakes people are making that they have no idea they're even making? Well, one of the things you see specifically on your lake is that there's a there's a speed where the boat isn't on plane and it's not displacing water. So so displacement is when you're just putting along and, and you're pushing, you know, all the water out of the way of the hull. Planing is when the boat is up and moving. Um, there's a point called semi-displacement, but it could be 1700 rpms it could be 2000 rpms um, people tend to leave their pier or the harbor or whatever and then they put the boat in this spot where they just have this gigantic roller and then they start kind of talking to all of their friends and they ignore the fact that they're just plowing through uh, so in the lesson it, we try to as we're passing through that point we try to point out that rpms and we try to say see that 1700 rpms you know, we say, look at your wake, it's huge. And we say, never go the speed, ever. Never again should you go 1,700 RPMs in that particular boat because they're just setting up this giant wall of water uh, and you are legally responsible for your wake. And they're just sending, you know, every every stand of pedalboard is falling and every boat's bouncing off its own mooring buoy and off of the piers. And, and uh, that's a big, deep, wide lake, and those waves will stay out there all weekend long. So um, that's one thing. The other thing is when you are going to overtake a vessel, you should deliberately turn out of their wake and accelerate and then get past them and then get back in the direction you were going. So what will happen if you are kind of vague or weak to turn out of their wake and you come up too tight, you're going to get pulled even closer to that boat. So, you know, all of a sudden your 50 yards turns into 20 yards before you, you know, or even 20 feet before you get out from behind that boat. So when you're going to overtake a vessel, it's a deliberate turn, let's say to the left or port, you get out of their wake and then you straighten out and, and get after it and get past them and then get back in your wake and go back to the speed you were going. So those are two big things uh, that I see, you know, when I'm not even on a boat, just watching folks. Yeah. And it, it seems like people go awfully close to like the no wake buoys or to swimmers in the water. And I, I mean, I don't think people know that there is a law about how far they can be from those things. And there is, correct? Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to, Here's what I'm going to say to that. There are laws about how far you should be from the shore, and there are laws for how far you should be from boats that are just hanging out, you know, not moving. Um, with that said, there certainly is this overwhelming amount of people that drive, you know, at speed along the no wake buoys and they circle the whole lake and they do it weekend after weekend. The only thing, legal or not, that I point out is that's an intersection. Those buoys mark an intersection where everybody's popping out from behind other boats and behind piers and behind mooring buoys. And, and so it's a super dangerous place to be zooming along 
you know, showing your aunts and uncles that marvelous Wrigley estate, right? So I'm not sure why it is, but it absolutely is uh, is a habit that people want to get up and go and then just hug those buoys. Um, it's a bad idea, legal or otherwise, bad idea. And the driver is looking at the shoreline as well and not looking forward. Right. I've seen that before where I've almost gotten hit by somebody, you know, because they're, they're looking at the, the estates, the driver. <laughs> so <laughs> every weekend, yeah, every right. weekend, we, you know, yeah, we're on a gorgeous lake, uh, but it's not a place to go speeding by. <laughs> you know, if you're really out there, to look, if you're out there to look at the houses and enjoy the day, why not go back down to about 15 miles an hour? Right. Well, and it, it is, I mean, people, I think, forget, you know, it's it's not a very forgiving lake. It's a deep lake. It's a, you know, on a windy day with a lot of boats out. It's a rough lake. And, you know, if, if you're not paying attention and don't know what you're doing, you, you know, you are jeopardizing your life or, or others. So, and I know you work, you don't just work on Geneva Lake. What, what kind of area do you cover? Right. So, what we cover with different instructors, you know, generally speaking in this area, it's, it's all of the Southern Wisconsin lakes. Uh, and then separately with a different group, we cover all of the Northern Illinois lakes. Uh, and then with different captains, because it's typically different boats, we are um, out of Milwaukee and out of Chicago on Lake Michigan as well. Um, next season, we plan on bringing up to speed at least one instructor over in the Madison area. And then this winter, we're kind of following the sun, and we have uh, an instructor rocking and rolling in the Dallas area, and we're uh, working on a new instructor in Stewart, Florida as well. So so we're expanding um, based on the need, really. That's really great, and there is such a need. So how did you get into this? Kind of what's your background? Uh, I've got a bunch of crazy stories in my life, but this one was was literally taking utility folks out to the little islands on the chain of lakes in Illinois um, and charging them a decent penny to help them put in modern state-of-the-art metering and and then go kind of, I've had a hunch. I'm like, I think it's illegal to do this without a captain's license. And so I looked into it and sure enough it was. So then I went and got a captain's license about 15 years ago and uh, pretty much, you know, I've been on lakes my whole life. So definitely a water bug. And, and it was kind of a natural procession from there. And um, then I was running uh, some of the booze cruise boats down in the chain of lakes, the big boats there. Uh, I've been down on Navy Pier with the Sea Dog boats. And, and again, in the last year or two, you've just seen a great need for a very friendly, repeatable, standardized, you know, modular course. And that's what we've created in Happy Jet. Well, in, in this time of year, you know, people might be thinking, ah, oh, this season's a wash. I'll wait to call Captain Joe in the spring. But actually, this is a really good time because things are getting a little quieter on the lake. So this would probably be a, a great time to to practice and take some lessons from you. Okay, so absolutely, you're right. Uh, it, this is a great time because the weather changes and we've got more wind as well. And so the best lesson uh, I feel is for when we have a little wind to deal with, because we can show the impacts and the effects of wind and really kind of lock it into folks' brains. Uh, in July or August, it's smooth, pancake flat, and there's no wind. 
it's hard to say, you know, oh, when it's windy, do this, right? So that's one reason. And also, uh, the lakes are so much quieter now. There's just more room to concentrate on us. I've, I've certainly been out there during busy times where I'm trying to coach the, the student and I see that they're looking all around them and they're really concerned that we're going to get run down because we're just sitting, you know, in the middle of the lake. So this is a, uh, an amazing time to take a lesson. Yeah. And I'm sure that you've had a lot of success stories that stand out in your mind, but can you think of any that really have stuck with you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I have two students and, you know, one is uh, this independent single woman and she bought a little place on the water and she bought a boat. Uh, and, and now it's really cool because she will regularly just out of the blue text me and go, this is what was happening and here was the wind and here was what went on and, and I nailed it, you know, and so that's rewarding as well as I've got this six, four guy that can bench 520 pounds and he'll occasionally text me his successes. And um, one of the real surprises though, is I certainly don't try to instruct my friends, but they hear me talking and they'll see that I put blogs out there and, and give advice on how to use a lift or, or how to, you know, find center on your steering or whatever it is. And, and they will just randomly poke me in the shoulder and go, Hey, you know what? I learned this from my friend Joe and, uh, and it worked really well. So it's really cool that they're without me directly coaching them and, and you know, um, threatening their fragile egos. <laughs> they, uh, they come to me and they go, you know, we read what you said and it really works and it really helped. And so that's my payoff. Well, speaking of fragile egos, so is there anybody you have not been able to help? <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. But I mean, the personalities I do, I, I've had about two folks that were just so anxious that their hands are jittery and they're like, I've literally had to put it in neutral and say, take a breath, you know, and, and they really, I think they're extra nervous because, you know, there's an instructor on board, but, but no, we, we've certainly helped a lot of folks and, and some need more than others. I mean, some, some percent, you know, we spend three hours together and, and that's it. And they're off and running. And, and then some call me back two, three times, you know, and, uh, and then there's one or two that won't let go. <laughs> and, and, you know, and they're like, we're never boating without happy captain, you know, and uh, that's not the idea either, really. We, we want to get you the skills and get you going. So when you get a call um, from somebody, who is it? Is it usually like the, the man driver, the women driver, the new driver? Like who calls you the most for instruction and help? It's an interesting question. Uh, the short answer is, if you're over a certain age and you're a male, you don't call because I think there's some pride involved and you feel that your uncle taught you how to drive a boat properly, right? So the folks that are calling are certainly the Generation Z's call, um, the Millennials call, and then uh, back to the folks of a certain age, it's the wives or the girlfriends or or more and more just the, the ladies themselves are calling and they say, you know, I don't need him on a boat. I want to take my, my lady friends on the boat and such. So, so it is really kind of, that's my demographic there. And, and with the women drivers, like, do you see more and more women wanting to be the captain or, you know, wanting to take control of the boat? I mean, I'm always the captain, but that's because I've kind of grown up on a boat. And, but what, what do you see 
that way with women versus male being kind of the main driver? Sure. Well, you know, historically it was certainly male dominated and, uh, and we're seeing that change and, and I'm actually hoping and helping that change. I will tell you, uh, and don't put this in the webcast, but, uh, women are my better students, hands down every time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, there's certain reasons. We're proud to put that on the podcast. <laughs> there's certain reasons. Um, when you, when we're close to that dock, so I've taught you all of those skills and we're getting close. So now we're in the pressure zone, right? And the stress is high and we're, we're going to go to the area where we always struggle with men want to, you know, pick up a club and use muscle and, and beat things to death, right? And to, <laughs> being facetious, of course, but that typical men get quiet or they get loud uh, they can't articulate and they just want things to happen, right? Where in that same state, women tend to um, handle that better because here's something that nobody might know. During that time, when you're right there and you're trying to get the boat in the slip and things may or may not be happening, it takes an incredible amount of patience and waiting. And and us men are just terrible at waiting. So So the women are great listeners. And, you know, there's a whole lot of neutral and there's a whole lot of waiting to see what the boat's going to do. You just ask the boat to do something. You have to give it the time to to execute that command. And so the women tend to be better in that position than men where we're going to throw in five more commands and then nothing's going to work. We're going to go back to our bad habits. Um, with that said, I should mention that that around the lake, uh, both in Illinois and Wisconsin, around the lakes and rivers, we, we've been working with marinas and they've been putting together uh, more and more kind of women on water or women with wakes or whatever acronym you want to use. But it's groups of women that get on the boat uh, and we'll start with knots and lines and then we'll go out and we'll, again, we'll do radiuses and pivots and then we'll control speed. And we spend several hours and we put everybody at the wheel um, and there's a real great camaraderie that happens there and a lot of learning in a, in a very low stress environment. And, and the, you know, the women want to be either better first mates or they want to take over the boat. And I'm behind all of that at, well, happy captains behind all of that. Uh, we're bringing women instructors on board as quickly as possible so that we can keep promoting that as well. Well, as I said, I think you are extremely valuable. And now that the word is getting out more and more that you're here, um, you're probably not going to have a moment to yourself, but you're so needed. And how how do people find you and contact you? Yeah, right. Uh, well, we, we have a website, certainly, and it's happy-captain.com. And then we have an 800 number. It's 866-745-6727. Well, and we'll put that up um, as well on the on our website. And well, thank you. Do you have any parting tips? If you could say like one safety tip that you want everybody to hear right now, what would it be? Oh, a safety tip. Well, you know, based on... on Southern Wisconsin, Northern Illinois this year, uh, it's certainly, you know, we're your life preserver. Now, here's something that doesn't come naturally, which might have changed the course of some history. 
when someone is out of the boat and in distress, uh, when we're professionally trained for man overboard drills, we are trained to throw anything and everything that floats into the water uh, along with that person. So again, you know, wear a preserver. If you're not going to wear a preserver, throw some floatable things out of the boat towards the person. And lastly, uh, I think all first responders are trained to say, you know, don't add to the trouble. If you're going to go be a first responder, put on a preserver. Keep yourself out of trouble. Don't add to the trouble. Yeah, it's just like seatbelts in a car, you know, it should be, I mean, you're, you're in a very deep lake and should anything happen at all, you faint for some reason, or you just, I mean, it happens every summer, fortunately. So wearing a preserver really is life-saving and not a big deal at all. <laughs> so, um, but thank you so much for, for coming on today. And I, I do always ask my guests this one last question, and that is, what is your favorite thing about the Lake Geneva area or Geneva Lake? Well, I think the overwhelming um, feeling of, you know, calm and happiness when you get there, right? So all week long, we've been, you know, struggling with our jobs and our realities and you get there and um, it's a, a very big pressure relief valve. How about that? Love it. Yeah. I always say as soon as I, you know, see that blue water, my blood pressure drops <laughs> and being out there is about the most cal calming thing you can do. Absolutely. So again, thank you so much, Captain Joe. We really, really appreciate it. I will be using you for my family and um, for an unnamed husband and <laughs> hopefully everybody else will too. And as always, thanks to the listeners for letting me share my love of Lake Geneva, the natural beauty, the crystal clear waters, the sunshine and the sunsets, but most of all, the people. I'm Karen Stray Rappaport. Join me next time as another guest takes their place in the sun. Bye for now. Stop.